And if that's the case, a conflict between the two, whether or not the empire ever made its appearance on the planet, a conflict between these two would have been inevitable. You're listening to Path of the Jedi with your host, Ronnie Cruz. All right, welcome to Path of the Jedi, the podcast where Star Wars meets personal development. My name is Ronnie Cruz, your host for this jubilant adventure, and jubilant because it is Star Wars Day. That's right. Happy May the 4th. <laughs> I, okay, so all day I've been thinking about this. When was the first time you heard someone say happy May the 4th or may the 4th be with you actually to be more accurate. Because for me, even though I heard it long time ago, it didn't actually start becoming a thing or at least in in my worldview and experience, it it didn't become a thing until very recently. And and when I say recently, because I'm old, uh, I, I mean, you know, within the last decade. Uh, for me, that's that's pretty recent. Given that, you know, the first time I heard someone say, uh, may the fourth be with you was back when I was in high school. Um, and, and it stuck with me ever since because I thought it was amazing because I never made that connection with May the 4th until uh, I was in class in, in high school. It was a math class and, and class was just starting. We had all, the students had all just settled in and, and our teacher, Coach Avery, um, was uh, coming up to the front of class and he was one of my favorite teachers at the time. But he said, uh, I don't know, to open up the class, he said, good morning class, may the fourth be, or something like that, you know, and and to everybody else, to most people, I think, in the room, they thought, oh, look at this, this is just one of those dad joke situations. In the back of my mind, however, I'm thinking, that is hilarious. (laughs) That's one of the best things I've ever heard. And it comes coming from uh, a teacher, Uh, teachers aren't supposed to be cool. So um, it made a lasting, lasting impression to the, you know, to to this day, I mean, like, you know, fast forward, I'm, I'm 46 now. And and I still remember, I still have a very vivid memory of that. But as I said, you know, I, 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 I really wasn't hearing it or, you know, wasn't, wasn't aware of it. I mean, obviously back then that was, that was the dark ages before the internet. And, and so, you know, I didn't really hear about it or, or hear people say it very often, maybe here and there, you know, within Star Wars circles. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I would say more recently, within the last decade, um, it's it's just it's just ballooned and become a thing to where now everybody celebrates it. I mean, I know you know the the Disney acquisition of Lucasfilms has a lot to do with it in promoting it and marketing it. Um, social media for sure has a lot to do with it as well. But it's just so funny how for so long, uh, you know, May the Fourth. I mean, obviously May the Fourth's been around since whenever the calendar <laughs> was invented. Um, but since the inception of Star Wars. It, like it was just kind of a underground thing, a secret handshake. Um, I think uh, StarWars.com described it as such, right? Just kind of a secret handshake uh, until until uh, very recently. And now it's it's a it's a worldwide um, you know unofficial Star Wars holiday. So, anyways, that's the long and short of my own personal history with May the 4th. I, I Actually, I would love to hear from you guys. When was the first time you heard May the 4th be with you? Um, and in what context? And, and you know, what impression did it make on you? Like, I would love to hear those things. Because for me, like I said, it made, it made a lasting impression. So anyways, happy Star Wars Day to you all. Thank you for, um, well, for allowing us at Path of the Jedi here to be a part of your Star Wars Day celebrations. 
So moving right along, today we are going to talk about, well, continue our discussion on Star Wars Visions, and we'll be diving into episode eight of that series entitled Lop and Ocho, Lop with a P and Ocho. Okay, so right off the bat, more than any of the other episodes we've discussed so far, this particular episode, to me, um, it's definitely, I feel like it's a statement piece, right? Um, There's a lot of commentary in this one around the ideas of industrialization versus conservation, for example, or progress versus tradition, new versus old, uh, young generation versus old generation. So there's a lot of that mixed in with the, uh, the story all of which merit discussion, surely, but those aren't necessarily things that I want to dig into uh, for the show today. Not specifically, anyways, not directly. They'll definitely factor into the conversation, and we'll see that um, in, in just a few minutes as we really get into it. So, our story takes place on a planet called Tau, and, uh, you know, when the episode opens up, we have this voiceover describing this planet as rich with natural beauty and resources, um, but however, the people of this planet have been struggling to modernize, struggling to advance technologically and industrially. And so they enlist the help of the Empire, uh, this was a time during the Gal- when the Galactic Empire was in power, um, to, to help them with this, right? Of course, the Galactic Empire is happy to oblige and to help them technologically and, and advance with industry. Um, and, you know, it starts off all well and good, but over time, the situation becomes that, of course, the empire is stripping the planet of all its resources, and it becomes less of an aid situation and really more of a, a militarized occupation. This then becomes the root of the discord between our main characters, going along with the Empire and their plan and their and their way of doing things, or resisting to preserve the planet's natural resources and the people's heritage and culture. What makes this clash even more interesting is the fact that our main characters actually are uh, family. So this this uh, this friction that's happening, this discord that's happening, is happening within a family unit. Because I think there's something very universal about that, right? I mean, you know, whether it's something mild like a heated debate, or it can be something as serious as family members being completely at odds with each other, um, whatever the situation might be, I think, again, we can all relate to it because it is so universal, right? The fact that sometimes we don't always get along or agree with members of our family. In the story, we have the father, Boss Yasaburo, and he's definitely more of the traditionalist, right? And then we have his daughter, Ocho, who is very much into change and progress and and development. We have a third character by the name of Lop, who, number one, isn't from this planet. She's, uh, she's an off-worlder of some sort of rabbit humanoid species. And number two, she's actually an escaped imperial laborer. Now, this is an entire side conversation on its own because the term laborer, as it's used in this episode, is really just means an entire enslaved species. We see at the beginning of the episode that Lop's 
people have actually been subjugated into this kind of forced labor for the empire. Now, of course, within the Star Wars universe, uh, even though slavery does exist, it, it's very, very much uh, frowned upon. And so I'm thinking maybe this is the way, like calling them laborers is, is the way the empire in this episode can justify, um, you know, subjugating this species, the, the, this rabbit, cute rabbit people into this forced labor it's pretty much like a like a prison labor situation i mean no no matter what you call it no matter no matter how you look at it it is an enslavement of a, an entire species of people and and i bring this up because it, it for me this episode which seems to be very conscientious about the commentaries that it's making dropped this little detail on us and really didn't expand upon it right they they dropped this detail about lop and, and, you know, maybe to give her a little bit of background, but we don't learn anything else. We don't learn about why her people are enslaved. We don't learn how she escaped. We, we have none of that. And, and it just leaves it there. It doesn't really expand any further. If this episode were to ever get a full-length treatment, uh, those are details that I would definitely love to see expanded upon. All that being said, uh, the escaped Lop is caught in the market trying to steal some fruit. She's caught by Boss Yasaburo and Ocho. And immediately Ocho is enamored with Lop, right? She she absolutely is in love with her. Um, I don't know, it's just the fascination with with a, an exotic species. Who knows? But she's 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 enamored with Lop. Boss Yasaburo, not so much. But um, you know, we get the sense that that Ocho is a bit of a spoiled child because she's not really listening to anything that her father is saying, and as a result. What ends up happening is that they take in Lop as almost, uh, you know, as, as, as a surrogate family, right? So they, they take her in and they, they adopt her and, and she becomes a part of their unit. The story then fast forwards, I think it was eight years. And, you know, as you know, by this time, the empire is is well dug in. It's it's doing its work. Um, you know, the, there's definitely industrial advancement at the cost of of the uh, the natural beauty and resources of the planet. And so this is where this is the where the story propels forward with the rift between uh, Ocho and her father being on opposing sides of that narrative. And it seems that things have gotten really bad between the two of them, between father and daughter. Um, Ocho has now devoted herself to the empire. And meanwhile, Boss Yasaburo has resorted to guerrilla tactics to try to foil the empire and get them to leave. And of course, we have Lop caught in the middle of all of this, trying to reconcile the differences between uh, Ocho and her father, Basyasaburo, with the hope of going back to being a happy family once again. But that's the real question. Were they actually even a happy family in the first place? Earlier in the episode, when Ocho and her father first find Lop in the market, they're in complete disagreement with what to do with her. Boss Yasaburo says to leave her alone, essentially, you know, don't get involved. And Ocho completely disregards everything that he says and invites her into uh, the family, invites her to becoming part of their family. Thankfully, Boss Yasaburo acquiesces in this instance because this allows Lop to, uh, well, to grow up free. 
the dynamic, however, between father and daughter remains. And, and we see as we flash forward eight years that it, it's actually escalated into the conflict that they're having at the moment. And that is, for me, uh, the, what I want to discuss as the root theme of this particular episode. It's conflict. Going back to what we talked about earlier and the different commentaries that this episode makes, you know, you know the, the progress versus uh, tradition, industrialization versus conservation, those are conflicts in ideologies. And the rightness and wrongness of these ideologies are embodied by the characters, by uh, Ocho and her father, Basya Saburo. Now, uh, while this episode specifically, ha I think, takes a firm stance on which one of those ideologies it thinks is correct and right, um, I think in, in, if you take the conversation into the real world, it's less concrete. It certainly, uh, for sure, isn't concrete uh, in the context of Ocho and Boss Yasaburo, their relationship. I think for the context of this story, arguments can be made for both the advantages and disadvantages of progress and advancement, as well as arguments for both the advantages and disadvantages of, of uh, tradition and conservation. At the heart of it, the intention of both Ocho and her father, Basya Saburo, are for the benefit of the planet. And so the conflict doesn't rest on the rightness of one or the other ideology. The root of the conflict is father and daughter's inability to listen to each other. And like I said, it goes all the way back to, you know, to the early childhood. I mean, who knows if we get a longer swath of time um, in, in the story, they're, they're, the, the dynamic of their relationship might have always been that way. And if that's the case, a conflict between the two, whether or not the empire ever made its appearance on the planet, a conflict between these two would have been inevitable. Their chronic inability and perhaps unwillingness to listen to and hear each other would have eventually led to some sort of irreconcilable conflict, no matter what, what else was going on in their lives, no matter what else was going on on the planet. And I think the same goes for us, especially in the last two years or so. I think, generally speaking, we've all gotten so caught up in fighting for our own rightness that on the micro level, on the interpersonal level, we're not as open to listening and hearing to each other. And that's a real problem because that is the root of conflict. And if you don't believe me, Let's take a look and examine the phrase, agree to disagree. This saying drives me absolutely crazy. It drives me nuts because at, in essence, what it is, is it's a BS cop-out. And what you're really saying, if you say this to people, is that you are no longer willing to make the effort to try to understand their point of view. You're no longer willing to make the effort to listen and hear them. Now, of course, I, I recognize that the phrase is generally used fairly innocuously in, you know, friendly banter. But understand, if that uh, underlying unconscious psychology is there when you're having friendly banter among friends, what's going to happen when you really need to have difficult conversations with people? To resolve conflict, we have to really let go of our own rightness because that is what hinders us from listening to people, from hearing them, from understanding their point of view. And I know it's 
easier said than done, but it's something that we have to actively work on every day if we want conflict to be resolved. If we can just let go long enough of how we think things should be or what we think people should be doing, it'll eventually allow us enough pause to realize that everybody else is just like us. Everybody is fighting to avoid suffering. Everybody is fighting to be happy. But we'll never achieve those things if we don't purposefully and intentionally listen with a blank slate. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this week. Hashtag blank slate. I told you it was going to come up again. Now, I completely unplanned that it would come up immediately in the next episode. But um, again, it's an important concept that I I really will keep revisiting. um, And it applied very much to our discussion today. So what do you guys think? I mean, obviously, there's so much more that we can discuss with this episode, um, but that's what I wanted to hone in on. And I want to hear your guys' opinions. I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Hit me up on Twitter or Facebook. It's at P-O-T-J podcast. And of course, you can send an email or an MP3 to info at pathofthejedi.com. Now, if you are interested in learning more about this concept and other concepts and principles, actually, um, I will be starting a book discussion group, a weekly book discussion group on May 15th. And we're going to be talking about a book called Are You Up for the Challenge by Rod Hairston. Um, A lot of the stuff that I talk about here on the show, I learned from Rod. And uh, a lot of that stuff is covered in the book. So if you'd like to get involved, if you'd like to participate in that book discussion, please, by all means, I'd like to invite you there. Um, It only two things are required. Now, it's absolutely free, no cost to you except for the cost of the book. Um, But two things you need to do in order to to, uh, participate. Number one, come join our Facebook group, The Path of Growth Community. It's a a personal development community that's attached to uh, the podcast here. Um, And so that's where we'll be, you know, posting updates and news and the Zoom and and the replays and the recordings and things like that, the live stream of those weekly discussions. And number two, go order your own copy of the book. You can go to uh, pathofthejedi.com, go to the recommended reading list and find Are You Up For The Challenge in that recommended reading list. Now, if you do order from pathofthejedi.com, we do get a little kickback, a very small kickback because we are um, Amazon affiliates. Um, So I would really appreciate the help if you want to do it that way. If you don't, no big deal either. But, you know, we haven't really um, moved into monetizing the show yet. So that's one way for us to generate revenue. It would be a big help to us. Uh, Again, no big deal if you don't want to, but that would be uh, much appreciated from our end. Again, we're going to be studying this book that will, um, that well, it teaches a lot of these principles that I talk about um, here on the show. So um, it'll allow you some more more in-depth knowledge, in-depth learning about this stuff, as well as a weekly call with me and uh, the others in the community. I'm kind of going to be facilitating and advising that weekly call. Um, So yeah, I mean, again, besides the cost of the book, it's absolutely no cost to you other than your investment in time. And and I I think you'll get a lot out of it. So again, if you're interested, go find us on um, Facebook. It's the Path of Growth Community, facebook.com slash group slash path of growth. I'll leave it in the show notes, um, as well as pathofthejedi.com, where you can get your very own copy 
of Are You Up For The Challenge by Rod Hairston. Yep, yep. All right, so now it's time for my favorite part of the show, the shout out. This week's shout out goes to my dear friend, Becca Moonga. That's right, Becca Rose. Uh, if you guys uh, are regular listeners, uh, you might remember that Becca sent in her own shout out a few weeks ago to her son. And I wanted to take time to recognize and celebrate her this week because, uh, you know, honestly, Becca never ceases to impress me. Um, I am so moved by her selflessness, really, her selflessness. This is an individual who has faced tremendous, tremendous amounts of adversity in her life. I mean, she's uh, she's gone through some pretty tough challenges um, along the way. And, and despite all of that, or maybe in spite of it, um, she has never lost her willingness to give. She's never lost her willingness to raise other people up and to lift other people up and to help when she can help. And what's awesome is over the years, this capacity to give, to continue to give of herself, this willingness to always be of service to people, it's just grown and grown and grown and expanded more and more over the years. And and like I'm really having known her for as long as I have, I, I see the the impact that she's making in people's lives. I'm seeing the ripple effect that she's having um, in the world, right? One life at a time so i just wanted to get on here and and again recognize her and celebrate her for everything that she's doing um everything that she's uh, the impact that she's making in people's lives and and ultimately in the world right so uh, becca thank you so much for what you do thank you for being who you are this week's shout out goes to you <laughs> And uh, a real quick honorable mention, I just want to wish my sister, Marianne Delion, the happiest of birthdays. Her birthday is actually May the 3rd, so it was yesterday. Uh, and they're out there, her and her husband, um, and Jay, are celebrating at one of my favorite uh, all-inclusive resorts down at the Hard Rock in Punta Cana. So I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday. I don't know if you're listening to the show, but have an amazing time down there. Um, uh, May the 4th be with you. May the 3rd. <laughs> May the 4th be with you. Um, you guys have a great time i'll see you when you get back it's so funny her birthday is the day before star wars day my birthday is april 11th which happens to be the day after daisy ridley's birthday how about that doesn't really mean anything outside of my own head canon. i just wanted to point that out and let you guys know in case daisy ridley is listening to this podcast She's definitely listening. She's a fan. Where do you come from? Don't forget, if there's anybody that you'd like to give a shout out to here on the show, whether it's a birthday or you want to congratulate them on, on something, um, feel free to please send us uh, send us the shout out. You can e- send an email or an MP3 even to info at pathofthejedi.com with the subject heading shout out. And I'll either read the message on, on the show or I'll play the MP3. I'd love to have either of those things. Again, send the shout out to info at pathofthejedi.com and that's going to do it for today's episode thank you again for uh, tuning in thank you for allowing me to be part of your Star Wars Day celebration please enjoy the rest of your day do everything that you can Star Wars um, and we will definitely catch you next week with a fresh new episode so until then everybody please be well be safe And may the force be with you. This podcast is not endorsed by the Walt Disney Company nor Lucasfilm Limited and is intended for entertainment, educational, and informational purposes only. 
The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com. Star Wars, all names and sounds and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Disney and their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is intellectual property of Path of the Jedi unless otherwise indicated.